Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. How's One Hope doing today? You doing good? And good. I'm glad you're back today. And anybody watching or listening online, it is good to be together on Sunday. When our kids were young, when our kids are young, we're young. Amber and I had saved up um, our money because we wanted to do something special for them. We had saved up our money so we could take them to Disney World. You know, we were really excited. We, we wanted to do this, and we decided that we're going to make this kind of a surprise, all right? We're going to surprise them that what we're going to do is, is after church, we were going to just tell them, uh, we have a surprise for you, and we're going to go on a trip, and we were so excited for this moment. But as Amber and I thought about this, would this be the way we want to do it? We started to think that there are some potential issues with this. See, at this point in the kids' lives, they had um, decided the place they really wanted to go, the place that they talked about, was they wanted to go to Hawaii. I don't know where this started. I don't know why it started. And quite frankly, I don't blame them. I'm right there with them. But this is what they talked about to each other. They had saved their little money and what they could be part of planning this trip. And Amber and I got thinking, what if when we told them that we had a surprise for them, what if when we told them we're going to go on a trip? What if when we told them this, we knew their initial thoughts were going to be, we're going to Hawaii. And then when we said, no, Disney World, that there was just going to be let down in the car. What if when we told them this, all of our planning, all of our saving, all of a sudden would have been a letdown because the trip they really wanted, the trip that they talked about, the trip that they really wanted to do was Hawaii. That the trip that we had planned, that we're giving them, just wasn't enough. So Amber and I continued to think about it, and we're like, you know what? It is not worth the risk. We're going to go in a different direction. And it, and it went fine. But I don't know if you have been in this situation before. I don't know if you've given a gift, and, and when the person received it, the reaction wasn't what you hoped for, or how they used it wasn't really what you hoped for, and so there was letdown. I don't know if you've experienced that before. But today's message, I'm simply titling, as you can see, is When Enough is Not Enough. See, I don't know if you've experienced this before. I don't know if you have that kind of story, maybe not a Disney story, but you've got a story that, where you've been let down. But I, I do believe that I see from Scripture, I see from stories in the Bible that God has and still is experiencing this with humanity. And let me tell you what I mean. If I asked you the story of creation, you'd be able to run down the, the, the days and the, the sequence of events in creation, right? Like, if I asked you to describe it, you go, okay, in the beginning, Scripture says that God created, and all of a sudden we see he separated the light from the darkness, right? And, and, 
and you would tell about how, how their sky created, and then there was land and sea and plants and trees and then you talk about the sun moon and and the stars and and then you talk about the 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 animals that swam in the water and then that flew in the air and then you talk about um then there was animals on the land and then humans were created you know the story of creation you'd be able to tell it to me and then you'd be able to say you know at the end of this You may even be able to say what Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 says, where it says, God saw all that he had made, and he said it was very good. God began everything with this creation, and he created it in a way that he knew it needed to be. Or maybe I can say it this way. The design and purpose of creation was sufficient for everything God intended life to be. Can I say that again? The design and purpose of creation was sufficient for everything that God intended it to be. See, when I look at the story of creation, when I see how God made everything— Humanity did have everything we would ever need in life. I look at it and I go, okay, from the beginning we had food and it seems like there was plenty of it for us to eat. We had that sustenance. From the very beginning, it seems like God gave us the ability to be loved and loved in relationships with others. God knew that we needed His love Like that we had the loving relationship with the creator of the earth. God gave that to us. From the beginning, it seems that God gave us purpose, and the purpose led to joy, not frustration and toil. And from the very beginning, the way God created it, our purpose led to joy. It seems like from the beginning, peace, we had peace and harmony in life, or as the Hebrew text would call it, we had shalom. It was just peace with everything. This is what we had in God's creation. This is what we had with God's provision. God knew he'd given us something that was perfect for everyone that would experience it. Now, when all this creation was done, Genesis chapter 2, the very beginning, tells us, it says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. When God had finished what he was doing, Scripture tells us, now God rested. rested. And this is a really big deal that we can kind of move over quickly, but I want to settle in just for a moment here. That there was rest Because that's how life is lived when things are done the way God wants them done. Or once again, could I say it this way? When life is lived the way God intended, there is ability to rest. Or rest is possible. Hear me on this. When life is lived... The way God intends it to be lived, the ability to rest is possible. 
And God did. God provided everything that was needed in life. Nothing else was needed, and it was good. Now, it's in this moment, we're two chapters into Scripture, and the story should be complete, right? The story should be done and over, and this is how life should be lived. There should be no other story. But you know Scripture, You know what's going on here. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end there because there is a moment that happens where you see why the title of my message today is When Enough Isn't Enough. See, Adam and Eve have a moment. Almost you could call it a crisis moment where there's a decision to be made. And the decisions that need to be made is, would they be able to rest in what God created for them? Would they be satisfied with what God created and gave to them? It's a crisis moment. But you know how the story goes, right? The enemy tempts. The enemy deceives. The enemy gets them to buy into a powerful but alluring lie. And this lie is so simple on the surface. But this lie is what God had given them was not enough. What God had given them was not enough. And the enemy got them to believe at the very beginning of this story that they were missing out on something. And in this moment, they take this apple that they weren't supposed to have, and they take a bite of it. And in this moment, something changed in this perfect creation. Something changed in how God intended this perfect world to be. In this moment, something was broken that almost it was cemented in us in humanity, this unquenchable desire for more was deep inside of us. And it seems, it seems from that moment on, the story of us has been enough is never enough it seems from that moment there's this struggle inside of us with the ability for us to rest in the provision of god and if you don't believe me just be honest with yourself evaluate your life for a moment When was the last time you were completely content for an extended period of time? Not a fleeting moment. We all have that fleeting moment. It's like, oh, life is good. I feel good. And there's something really great. But I'm talking about an extended period of time. When was the last time you felt a restfulness? Now, I'm not talking about life being perfect, and I'm not talking about life being stress-free. I'm talking about in the middle of life, you felt a peace, you felt a joy, you felt a calmness, 
You felt content where you just can breathe and go, not just for a moment, but for an extended period of time, you go, I'm good with life. When was the last time you could say you lived in that? Now, why am I talking about this today? Why is today the topic is enough is never enough? Well, you know what this week is, right? Like, you know what's happening this week. At some point this week, you're going to have a meal with some incredible food. And as, as someone said before, church to me, this is the week where you regret you're on a diet or it's the wrong time to get on a diet. We know what this week is, right? And we're going to take some moments this week. Typically, in people's tradition, they, they take at least a moment where you stop to say something you're thankful for. But you know what else is, also is going to happen this week? A very quick transition is going to happen. It's almost like, for some of us, the meal's not even over. The food isn't put away, the plates aren't washed, and we've made the transition to what? Christmas, right? Like, we've, we've said our thanksgiving, and we've moved on. It's almost ironic, right? Let's think about it. And this week, maybe when you do it, laugh at yourself for a second. Then on Thursday, you're going to take a moment and say, God, thank you so much. And then by Thursday night or Friday, you're going to rush to buy everything you think you need for Christmas that you don't have, right? This is what we do. It's a conundrum we're in, that we in one breath say, God, thank you. And the next breath, you go, I need all of this. This is what this week is going to, it's going to happen this week. And to be honest, for some of you, you haven't even waited for this week to make the transition to Christmas, right? Like, your house may already look like Christmas for some of you. Actually, yesterday, I'm in a store real quick just getting something. I run into some friends at, um, at One Hope, and, and they're buying a Christmas tree, right? It's a little Christmas tree, and they're like, yeah, we, we just needed another one. Well, another one, right? Because they already have Christmas trees up. And I said to them, I said, um, don't be offended by what I say tomorrow, all right? Because uh, I'm into Christmas, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm about Christmas too, but I'm just wondering if we could agree that there'd be something powerful this week, something really beneficial, if that we this week paused and contemplated the provision of God in our life. Like, would it be a good thing for us to pause, and in this pause... We push back again against the enemy's lie, the enemy's lie that is still trying to destroy us today, that makes us believe that we are missing out on something in life, that there's provision that we want for our life that we're not getting in God, that there's more that we need to chase. Would it be good to have that pause? Because do we ever stop and think about what happens to us when we believe the lie that the enemy is always trying to put in front of us? Do we understand what happens to us on the inside when we believe the lie that the enemy is telling us is that God's provision is not enough, there is more? Well, if you haven't thought about it, I mean, think about your life and all the maybe 
unneeded stress that happens because we're thinking about what we don't have versus what we have. Think about the unwarranted frustration that is inside of us because we think about the lack of provision versus the provision. Think about, for some of us, maybe the unhealthy relationships we allow ourselves to get in because we just think we need this relationship when maybe it's not the right relationship. Think about the hope that's stolen from us, the joy that is not there anymore, the, the peace that is gone. The moments that you have begun questioning God in His love, in what he's given, in his presence. There's a tension and a turmoil and an unrest that fills our minds and our hearts. And here's the most dangerous part of it all. We get so used to it, we think it's normal. We get so used to it, we don't see it anymore because this is the only way we know how to live is thinking about the lack of versus what we have been given. It almost goes unnoticeable. When we believe that the, the lie of the enemy, that what God has provided for us, there is no longer room for rest the way it was intended to be. Now, the good part of our story is that the story doesn't end in Genesis chapter 2, 3, and 4, and so on, that the story continued. And part of our story is that later on in Scripture, that, that God sent Jesus for us. We know this. And what I love about this is that I believe Jesus knows the reality of our situation. Jesus knows the battle that goes on in our heart. I think Jesus knows the ramifications of sin. And that's why I think he said what he said in Matthew chapter 11. See, for me, Matthew chapter 11 is a top five moment of Jesus speaking in the Gospels. It's a moment that I go back to over and over and over again. And it's a short little part of Matthew, but for me it is magnificent and it's huge and it's a place that I have to remind myself of. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 says this, and you probably know it. It says, come to me, all who are weary. Maybe you could say all who admit that you're weary. All who are burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think Jesus knew the battle that's going on inside of our minds. I think Jesus knew the destruction that happens in our lives when we begin to doubt the provision of God. And I think in this place, he says, listen, I know that you're tired. 
And sometimes we don't want to admit retired because if we admit retired, then we'll just stop and we can't stop because we got to keep going for what we're going for. But I know you're tired. I know you're carrying some burdens on you. I know you're weary and you need to come find rest in me. Rest the way it was supposed to be done from the beginning. What if we said yes to this invitation of rest? What if we did what Adam and Eve didn't do in the beginning, is trusted God completely and found a rest in him that always was supposed to be there? What if we trusted Jesus that whatever is provided through him is truly what I need? What if we truly trusted that what Jesus says is right, would we find rest? Would we actually find a rest for our souls in a deep way that we can't experience anywhere else? In Genesis chapter 22, there's a guy named Abraham. Abraham's at the top of a mountain with his son. I'm not going to tell you this whole story. If you want to be reminded of it, go back to Genesis 21-22 in there. But uh, Abraham's at the top of a mountain with his son, and he has his son tied up. He has his son tied up because he's going to give an offering He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't obviously want to kill his son, but he's trying to be obedient. He's trying to do what God told him to do, and I'm picturing this horrific moment in Abraham's life where I picture he's got some sort of device, a knife maybe, that he's using to about to kill his son. And in this moment, God sees how serious Abraham is about his faith. And how I picture it is almost his hand is raised and God goes, stop, don't do this. Don't use your son as an offering. Instead, look over in the bushes. If you know this story, over in the bushes is this ram and God says, no, use this ram for the offering. And I think it's interesting. After this moment, Genesis 22 says, so Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Now, in this part of scripture, we see that the Lord will provide translates into two words. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. All through scripture, we see descriptions or names of God. It's in this moment we see 
Jehovah Jireh is being said. See, it's in this moment that Abraham needed to learn that God was the provider. It's in this moment that Abraham learned that God was going to give him what he needed in life for what was going to come later in life. I think the truth for us that I want for us today is that we need to learn. We need to own. We need to speak to. We need to live in this truth that God is our provider. Because when we live in this truth, what I think comes is what God always intended us to live in. There'll be a restfulness that we can only get in this place. Now, what does this restfulness feel like? What was this restfulness supposed to feel like in the beginning of Scripture? I've used the word several times, and the word is contentment. Now, contentment is hard for some people, especially type A or driven people. I see some of you in here, and it's like, ah, it's hard to be content, Scott. It's hard to be content when I have dreams, when I have goals, when I have desires, when I want. Can I just tell you, contentment doesn't take away room or steal the room for you to, to dream about more. I think what contentment is, is trusting that what is provided today is what God wants for you. And that tomorrow, when you continue to, to, to live life, what is provided tomorrow is what God wanted for you. And then when you wake up the next day and you continue to live your life and do your best and you have dreams and you have goals, what comes of this that we trust that God sees what you're doing and the provision that happens is from Him with how you honor Him with your life. Contentment is not the lack of more goals or dreams or desires. It's trusting that what is produced is okay from God and you can live in that. Paul talked about contentment. When he's like, I'm content that sometimes I have lots, sometimes I have little, but I'm just trusting God with my life. He worked. And I think he had goals. And he had desires for life, but what he was doing, he was trusting whatever comes of his work, whatever comes of how he lives his life, I'm trusting that it's from God. What does restfulness feel like? It feels like contentment. It feels like peace where you can go, In the middle of life, I'm okay. What does restfulness feels like? It feels like joy. Joy in the midst of even turmoil. There can be rest that feels like joy when you shouldn't feel this joy, but there is this restfulness joy in Jesus. It feels like hope. It feels like, restfulness feels like when, when, when it's pushing back against the anxiety of an unknown future. With some of us, it almost paralyzes us sometimes that we don't know what tomorrow brings. 
we can't feel rest. But when we trust that God is going to provide tomorrow, there can be a rest today. See, from the beginning and in different moments through Scripture, we see that God is our provider, and He first provided Jesus. Can we just grab a hold of this first and not move on to the rest? He first provided Jesus that we know what our future holds. He first provided Jesus that almost if everything else falls apart, we know what we have in him. And sometimes we forget how big of a gift that is. I said in the beginning that we're taking our kids to Disney, and we were worried what they think about Hawaii. I think sometimes God is giving a gift and is Jesus and sometimes our mind is so much on other things, we forget how big of a gift that is. Like we know Disney is good, but is it Hawaii? So Jesus is good, but it's almost like are we moving on to what in our minds, what we feel like we really need, and can we stop in a moment? If we're going to talk about the provisions of God in a week of Thanksgiving, can we stop and go, just that in itself is enough. But the beautiful thing is it doesn't stop there. God's generosity is shown all through Scripture. I don't think God is a cheap God. I don't think God is a withholding God. I think when he talks about he wants to give in abundance and generosity, he wants to bless, he wants to provide. He gives beyond need into even our own wants and desires. This is what we get with God. So this is a conversation heading into Thanksgiving. And there's a verse I want to leave you with today. Maybe this week you'll, you'll let it settle on you because some of us need to be reminded of this as we push back against the lie of the enemy. And it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Will you let me read it to you? Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The, the question is simple today is, are you restless or worried about something? Can we potentially this week pause for a moment and push back against the lie of the enemy that what God has given, is still giving, and will give is actually enough? As we close in worship today, is there part of you that needs to just not make the transition to the next season but live in this season and go, Jesus... I'm going to give you something I am restless about. I'm going to give you something I don't think I can carry. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to come to you as I'm tired. I'm going to come to you as I'm carrying a burden that you did not create me to carry on my own. I'm going to bring this to you because you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the provider. You've been providing since then until today. Is there a part of you that wants to find rest? Because it's been a while since you have felt restful in Jesus. Let's pray. God, um, I see your story from the beginning. You created and you gave this earth, and at the end of it, rest was possible because when you create, when you give, the possibility to be restful is in this. But God, I also know how we live life. We're no different than Adam and Eve. We give into the lie that says there's more and there's more and there's more and there's more. When I don't get what's in my mind, then life is not the way it's supposed to be. And so God, we, we, we toil and we live in tension and we lose hope and we, we give away our peace and joy is not evident. And God, this is not what you have for us. You want us to live in your rest. So help us come to you and trust. If there's something burdening, burdening us today, God, may we give it to you and say, I know you'll provide what's needed. If there's something we're worried and stressed and we're, we're doing all the work ourselves to try to create, God, may we today say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop for a moment. And in my thankfulness, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the pressure to you to produce and provide. And I'm going to be at rest in you. God, we're not very good at this. Sometimes need, we need to be reminded to come back to you. And for some in this room right now, it doesn't feel possible. God, for some in this room, it doesn't feel possible because we feel the moment we stop pushing, it will fall apart. us to trust you us do our part and just to let you be God in your name we pray amen will you stand and finish worshiping and if God has spoken to you today you just respond the way he's spoken thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church if you liked this message and would like to hear more check out our website at ouronehope.com 
for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.